Warning, the following podcast may contain phrases such as... I don't know exactly what a French drain is. You want me to tell you what a French drain is? I don't give a shit what a French drain is. (laughs) (laughs) Three unwise men. Bum, bum, bum! With Frog, Grant, and Ryder. Got myself into a partnership with an asshole. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, this isn't me. Uh, no. Oh, uh, another this asshole. Is, this is the asshole before. This was a legal partner. Oh, okay. Go oh. on. And, and this guy, uh, we, we buy a, a house to put an office in, mm-hmm. in Bruce River. And fast forward, you know, three years later, business crashes, everyone goes into debt, and sure. we still have this house. Mortgage on the house, house sitting there. Move over here, and uh, we run out the house, which is great. Now you got money coming in, it's paying the mortgage, not a problem. Oh yeah, yeah, equal, you know. And the the idea, the idea here, mm-hmm. the idea here so is you took that lemons to lemonade, right, right, or right. or at least less foul smelling lemons. Yeah, exactly. Is, is there are are there foul smelly lemons? Is there just lemons? Like, We're waiting can, for it. Oh, 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 brace yourselves. Oh, I'm just, <laughs> just listen to the story. Brace yeah. yourselves. Okay, I'm this leaning is, in because we we have the tension building here. Um, you see, we were going to sell the house as of okay. May 2015, uh, and you know, make maybe a little profit on it, but at sure, least get yeah. the mortgage paid. We'll off get out from under it. And, yeah, right. And we were going to sell it to the guy who was renting it. He was getting his, you know, he's getting his. Credit put back together, get out mm-hmm. of mortgage, buy the house. Mm-hmm. Great idea. It sounds like you're on the right track here. I yeah. was. I it was. sounds like everything about this it, is. It was. It was a it, a slam dunk, if you will. I love it when a plan comes together. Yes, exactly. Right? It, except now we get into the the problems. Is this the butt? This is the butt. Is uh, this like the? This like, is the butt. This is where my tenant, in all of his infinite wisdom, he sounds like a bright guy. He is uh, genius. Uh, decides that before he purchases the house, he's going to start making modifications to it and starts with what's called a French drain. Now, I don't know exactly what a French drain is. You want me to tell you what a French drain is? I don't give a shit what a French drain is. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can tell you this much. It's a hole in the bottom of your house. Hopefully not. Well, it's it's something to cause things to drain out of your basement. Yeah, so it's a drainage basin from which you use rock. And so rock moves water... It's like less, it's more porous than the surrounding soil. So it, it, you create a drainage basin that you could walk on, essentially, right. as opposed to like a pipe. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, is. Is that not what happened here? Yeah. I'm gonna well, there guess. was, there was a basin. Okay. So we have a basin. <laughs> but so was we, it French? Uh, no, it was very much American. <laughs> 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 it was, no, no, no. This guy took a backhoe and mm-hmm. dug a trench around the entire house. <laughs> And went about eight inches under the foundation. Wow. And he didn't check with, I don't know, an engineer before he did this. He didn't check with, you know, anybody, uh, me, the owner of the, this property, the guy whose name is on the fucking building and the mortgage. He just kind of did it. And then the back wall of the house fell off. What do you mean by falling off? I want off? you to yeah, yeah, try describe, visualizing this. Describe well, falling off. Like I, What I mean is that the foundation, which he dug underneath, no longer had any support, and so it dropped. <laughs> and so the rest of the wall that was attached to that foundation <laughs> dropped. And the rest of the house did not drop. Did, did you think this was Minecraft or something, where you can like just remove blocks beneath... I, you know, I didn't get that far down into the well of madness that was my tenant's mind. Uh, but he must have had some concept that he could do something along those lines. I, I don't know. But he took the back wall off my damn house. <laughs> no, I, I saw. Can you imagine that call though? No, I could. Can you imagine the call? Be like, hey, like, you know, like, I've had stained carpets, right? He actually, he put the call into my partner. He didn't put it into me. My well, former yeah. partner, whose name is not on the house or the mortgage. So he has, like, no vested interest. No be- vested interest. Well, he, Besides I mean, to, to rub this now in your face. Like, he's got a contract with me to get a portion of the profits from the house, and that's it. Um, <laughs> of which there will which, be none. Yeah, there's a bunch of... Which, which are, it, it begins looking tenuous. 
Mm-hmm. Right? The moment that the back wall falls off the goddamn house. <laughs> like, I'm de- like, there's some mis- like, there's some mismatches when it comes to, like, home remodeling, right? Yeah. But, like, I don't like the paint. What? On this wall, you know, I've I've heard. I don't more. like the wall on the house. That's never like a lie you hear. <laughs> you know, fuck this entire back wall. Yeah, I just don't like the back, the foundation of the home. Right. No, no, Who no. needs it? Right. No, Who no, needs no. it? I, I've never seen this on a home remodeling show where they just take the whole back. Like wall Bob Vila's out there with right, his little right, right. like. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the hammer. He's and like, now, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to just chunk the whole back wall the off fucking the house, house down. <laughs> no, I I I saw. A picture of this and the first thing that came to mind was one of the 8-bit games that you'd play on like Game Boy or something where because it's brick the wall the walls brick so if you'll imagine Tetris falling apart and just the blocks separating this is exactly what that wall looked like it is exactly what that wall looked like and it ran the whole length of the wall and it just dropped the whole thing and it was staggered it wasn't because you know you was a mortar right yeah Yeah, it's the mortar and it just went along the the mortar kind of at a jagged line along the mortar yeah now one of the ironies that i found because you know out of curiosity i went and googled it real quick um another name for a french drain which i think (laughs) This is going to be really, really fitting. Is oh, it, is, is it called the home destroying drain? Is that close? The- it's close. It's called a weeping tile. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was a whole bunch of the That's weeping tile. Name going the the on. weeping tile. Is Were you certainly- the weeping tile? Were you the fresh drain in this instance? Yeah. I, I, well, yes. Um, so then he decides to fill this whole back in. He fills it in without the wall being put right. back. The, the insurance company comes out. They they start so looking. They just at think it. the wall just fell apart magically. And it, it, well, no, they they pretty much oh, figured out know. how it happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. But of course, this is one of those this is one of those situations that oh, yeah. isn't directly written into an insurance contract. Well, who writes this? Like, what clause is there an insurance contract for? Like, well, that's the problem. There just is done. Right. And so for about a month and a half, I'm sitting there looking at this thinking, well, I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. Of course you are. Because <laughs> the insurance company is sitting there trying to find ways to not pay me anything for this house. Well, right. they're going to, do, yeah, anyway, they can't. That's can their for, first job. Right. That's, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't blame them for that. That's what they're there for. They're trying right. to save their buck. But on the other hand, it is your, I've got this house and the back wall just fell off. And in, in, in really in great condition. Right. Yeah, in a fantastic, pristine condition. But I still owe a bunch of money on it. Of course you do. So I have, right. I have a debt, and now I have no asset to cover that debt, and that's just fabulous. Mm-hmm. The insurance company goes out there, takes some picks, and the guy and uh, the guy immediately starts to just fill the hole back in, you know, to support the remnants of this wall. Oh, or just some to prevent. Well, you want to prevent the damage. So that's as the thing, you want to jump right on that more right. damage. And, and as he is doing that, he's doing that with this same backhoe. <laughs> Which he's a master instrumenter with. Right. He is, he is a master of this backhoe. He accidentally strips the power box off the side of the house <laughs> with the backhoe. What? <laughs> totally disconnecting it from the power source. So there's a second call that has to come in now. Right. Well, it never does. Oh. I don't, I don't find Have out about ever- this until much, much, much later. Right. This is this is a piece of data I get at the very end of this process. I didn't know that that had happened. How do you possibly continue to make this many? Like, is this one of the things where you make one error and then you're going to make another? You're in such a damned panic. Yeah, it's like it's like like, oh my god, I can't believe I did this. Now I'm going to have to fuck up more. Yeah, it's like one (laughs) lie after another. Right? Right. Where you lie about something important and it gets found out, and so you make another lie and another lie, and then after a while, it was like. No, I don't know who she is. That's well, my was, mom. He was totally like, wrapped up in it, right? He was like, "Oh no, I can, I can fix this. I can fix this." Right? right. He, is, he is. I can fix yeah, this I could, guy. I, we can he tell was he totally could fix devoted that. to it. Now, what I found out later, this is kind of a, a piece of information I have now, is that his situation is that his wife absolutely fell in love with this house, and it's a beautiful old like 1920s craftsman home. Was it was. <laughs> um, you know, brick and hardwood floors, and it's got that kind of old 1920s look at, at, about it. Really nice house. Well, right now it has that. Or like, it was. Is it, well, right, right now it has that depression error, like, sawed house. <laughs> Literally <laughs> right. depressed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, it has some problems with it's it now. Current but, day Detroit. You know, it's, it's, when they got it, when they moved in, it was a, it was a great house, and she yeah. fell in love with it because she liked that old style. Which means, and they never you know, been in the price range or the ability to buy a house before. And so this was a, a big deal from them, right? They're like in their forties. This is their first house together as a married couple. She's all excited because it's her perfect dream house. Oh my God. And he broke the back fucking wall. 
you know, there's like, honey, you brought home the wrong, the wrong something from the grocery store. And so he is desperate to prove that he, he can fix this, right? He's on a complete, utter. I like, you know, it's like, I don't know if I, if I would be mad at him or pity him. It's, well, like, it's not my house. Both. Like, I could pity him. Whereas I, I was, you, like, have another scenario, don't right, you? Right, right. Well, actually, this, it came in useful. Oh, first, really? The first thing you should know, the, the bit of an update, um, because this is a bedtime story, it has a happy ending. Oh, uh, it better. Um, and so we're, 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 we've passed the conflict. And the first thing you should know is that I'm, you know, as an attorney, I know how to scare the crap out of an insurance company. Sure, yeah. And so I had several, you know, cases that I looked up from Idaho law, uh, including the ones that say that if there's a contest and I win any part of it, that the insurance company pays my attorney's fees. And I, ran all those cases together and send them off to the insurance company. And so as they're reviewing everything, it becomes very clear to them that denying me is going to be a very costly process. Yeah, they're going to have to be fighting this, yeah. And so right at the end of their period as to whether to accept or deny, they accept. Mm -hmm. And so I I have coverage. Oh, thank God. Um, And then they go through their math, and actually my coverage turns out to be about thirteen grand more than the guy was agreed to pay for the house in the first place. <laughs> wow! And so that you know, we had a contract to sell it for seventy two five. We ended up selling it for about eighty five. Nice. Yeah. Yay. So that's good news. Um, but we still have a house here that has a back wall broken off of it that we have to do something with. And this has been still on the couch. Right. And so it's still sitting there. And so we've got we've got cash now. We've got you know money that we can use to bulldoze the house. Sure. How Um, unfortunate though, because those older houses, you know, that are in good condition aren't as, you know, numbered anymore. Right. No. And this is, this was like original out of the catalog, right? Right. They brought this one over on the railroad. This was like the 1920s version of a mobile home, right? You'd go into the Sears catalog and order this house and then they'd ship X number of bricks and X number of bricks. So this makes it, this house makes it from the railroad all the way across, all the way across. Can't survive this one guy with a backhoe. Can't survive this one moron with a backhoe. That's correct. <sighs> That's when you know you're bad at home. Can you imagine him ever telling her he's going to do, do something again? So the the current status of the house is this. Um, this is where his 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 optimism came in useful. I sold him the house as is. Are you serious? I sold him the house as is for about 500 bucks. Are you I didn't serious? have to do any work to it at all. I got to keep the insurance money. He gets the house. He he thinks he can fix it. He's free to try. Wow. Wow, really? And so I actually ended up profiting off this whole deal. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I need a I need an applause button because that's just that's just well played. <laughs> and he's gonna try to fix this, huh? Well he's he's absolutely confident that he can. And you know, if he can, more power to him, and if he can't, well it's no longer my goddamn Damn problem. problem. <laughs> so are we gonna be able to get uh, are you going to swing by there in about a year just to see what else has been destroyed? I'm not. It's Priest River, Idaho. Do you know where the you he know where doesn't? I don't think he knows where that is. It's it. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: Would it be worth the drive Pretend to go Idaho, point and laugh? Nah, no, it's, no. There's no laugh. It's like three hours of driving. Oh, see, I like driving, so that doesn't bother me. But I get the point. Well, it's three hours of driving from Spokane. So, like four from here. Well, Spokane's like two and a half, three. Okay, so we're talking about two and a half, three. If you're burning rubber, yeah, we're yeah, talking. good point. <laughs> so you're so you're essentially talking about an eight-hour drive for what is a less than eight-minute laugh. No, well, that sucks. And if you, if you were to pretend like the entire state of Idaho is a giant erect cock and balls, which I which frequently do, right? Yeah, this is Priest River is in the thrusting tip. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, <laughs> how fitting that that's up there, right? <laughs> Oh, uh, it's beautiful up there, though. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's very, very nice. I mean, the it's right there in the confluence of the Ponderé and Priest Rivers. It was a lovely house in a lovely place. Treated me very well. I was dual licensed, so mm-hmm. you know, mm. I, I had a lot of clients coming in. I was good times. So to summarize this entire thing, yeah, let's, let's bring this home for the children. Yeah, go ahead and uh, we have the, all the children that listen to this program. Yeah, <laughs> all the children who are like looking. This is like the after kids school don't think of Idaho as a giant cock and balls. Yeah, this is this the more is, you know. <laughs> they, they don't think of that until you're at least 18 or older right please and thank you so yeah no 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 the, the upshot of it is moron takes back how to house i still profit yeah everyone wins here everyone wins well he's screwed yeah, yeah he is with well more i than i share his optimism yeah no, go him if he can pull it off yeah 
dude. Well, he's got about $150,000 of repairs to do to a $70,000 property. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, going to get started with a topic today. What was that going to be? Well, today we're going to be going over, you know, the various little mechanical details that mm-hmm. we see hanging people up a like lot. Like the, the nitpicks. The nitpicks. The, the things nitpicks. that, you know, aren't exciting, aren't about developing your story, but rather about that, that mechanical art of telling it and mm-hmm. putting it to the paper. And this is where we see a lot of people just go totally off the rails. Yeah, it's surprising how many of them... Well, I mean, we're all guilty of them. First and foremost, we're all guilty, we're of, all them. guilty of them. And, and we have all done these. We still all do. Right. Yeah, no. And, well, and here's part of the thing with them is, is you learn them. Is, it's, they're definitely the things that you you learn to take out in revision. Right. Because they're, they're, they're authorial anchors, as I call them, right. often enough. No, they are the things that you do when your mind is just shooting out ideas. Yeah. And they are the easiest way to put things on a page, but they are like the hardest way to take things off the page and back into our brain. Yes. So um, what are some of the examples that you guys have actually gone through before where this has happened to you? Let's start with the B verbs. Go ahead. Yeah. Because this is a big one. Uh, first time I drafted a novel with my wife, uh, it was sprinkled with the word was. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The word was was like every other sentence. Is, was. Is, was. This was this. This was this. This was this. This was this. Uh, this is the most boring sentence you can ever write. Mm-hmm. X was Y. Yeah. It is the most boring sentence to read. Unless you're purposely, and that's the thing, it becomes the, the craft. Some of these rules is when you have them, you are so good at removing these because they're boring that when you put one in later on, it's very purposeful. Right. But you want it to be that purposeful thing. Right. When you understand those rules, you have to know to break. Right, right, right. There is no hard and fast rule about any of this. This sure is all, not. these are all rules of thumb, rather, mm-hmm. right, that, that we're going over because it's, it's. So like this was like, it's, you know, when you, when you describe the room was green. Right. The room was green. And he, you know, she was this. Right. He and wore that. But. Well, even that actually is better than, but yeah. You know, but the green color of the room assaulted its eyes with its lime brightness is much different, right? You're, Way you're different. conveying a lot more information than the room was green. Well, cause you have action. Right. And that's the number one thing. Was, has very little action. It has, has no action. It has, it has existence. Right. It has that's existence. It. Existence right. is not action. Existence is nothing even close to action unless it is. It is. Yeah. Um, but again, Know the rule to break it. Mm-hmm. Um, so walking into a room, so even if it's just he walked into the room and he he wa- looked at the you know dark green color of the walls. Now at least he's looking. At least he's, he's doing, doing something. Doing something. Yeah. Right. And, and that actually conveys to me in dialogue. And the, the it's I think it's very important that when you're doing dialogue and you're anchoring it with the was, you know how bo- dialogue that you need becomes even more like arduous. Right. When it's not with action accompanying it right right where it's not two people talking on horseback like if they get off their horse to stand and look at each other and carry on a conversation (laughs) because the prairie was desolate right and they just stood there and they talked about the plot it's right versus you know they're 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 thundering across this plane right right screaming instructions and information as they're being chased I know we're apparently in a Western film all of a sudden, but the point I'm trying to make though <laughs> right, is right, that, no, yeah, the point I'm trying to make though is that like, you know, you want your words and you want your sentences and you want those things to do heavy lifting. Yes. And heavy lifting means more than one thing. I mean, your, your goal when we're talking about all these little mechanical details is really to throw as much meaning into as little space as possible. Yes. And the, the reason for that is simply the amount of time it takes your reader to read through something mm-hmm. and pick it from page into brain, if if you tweak your language, you can maybe save, you know, half a second, which doesn't sound like a lot of time until you realize that mm-hmm. half a second per sentence when you're dealing with seven or 8,000 sentences in a novel means that it's taking you, you know, an extra couple of hours to read. Yes. Well, and it, it's, and it messes up your pace. Right. It messes up your pace entirely. Yeah. Um, it just and again, if you want to use the wasas and you want it to slow things down, it well, it, it it's the difference between like having a negative space on a canvas as a as an artist, right? Because you don't know what to put there, versus 
have it in negative space there because you know it accents something else. Yeah, when you guys are talking about that, the thing that I could see the was action being used is really to just smack the reader in the face with a piece of reality. You know, you have all of this description going on. Uh, maybe there's a dramatic moment, and then Frank was absolutely stunned. Coming out of that descriptive bit and then just coming to that and really emphasizing that shortly because it really hits all at once in that moment. It can. Again, yeah. it's it's one of those things that takes... Yeah, but you don't want to tell... Because right, that would be an instance of telling, though. Right. Right. And let's uh, that's a, that's a whole different conversation. The tell versus show, like that's a. That's and there's some own. things you have to tell, but even then, but even you then, tell it in a showy way. Um, that's you know, a, that's that's going to have to be its own. We'll do another segment. For episode. Tell versus, yeah. tell versus show is yeah. its own because that's a whole world of of interesting. Well, and it's one of the things that as you're editing, like I am a just, and I think most people are, admittedly, I I am a terrible writer. However, I hopefully am a better rewriter. Sure. Right. Mm. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you're hopefully a better rewriter and it's like that thing you do is as you rewrite, you realize the sentence is stagnant. This, by the way, and I'm, I'm going to go a little off the rails here, but this, by the way, is one of the biggest problems I have with nano. Yes. Yeah. Cause people Which, think it's done. People think it's done. It's done. I wrote a book. I wrote a book and, and you know, you win. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You put 50,000 words on a page, you win. And I, look, there's a lot of usefulness to that to get people doing that step. It's like a, it's like a group activity. Right, it's a group activity, it's a lot of fun, and if, if you've never written a novel before, it is a good way to motivate yourself to do sure. that thing. And so there's, there's some positive things about nano, but. Well, but what it trains you to do, and what the good thing about nano is this, is it trains you to have to just keep writing. Yes. You just have to keep writing. Like, you can't edit don't write chapter one and, and then, then edit, edit chapter, chapter one. one. Don't do don't that. Don't do that. You can't, like, ed- editing has a very, uh, there's not very many rules in writing that, like, everyone's going to agree on. That's, However. That is one. That is one of them. You, you write the whole fucking thing. And then you edit. And then you edit big to small. Yep. Big to small. You edit large structural issues down then to sentences. And I know, I know we're talking right now on a sentence level, right? Right. We're, we're talking about the, the smallest. We're probably the mid-level, right? Because it's a sentence that's needing to be rewritten entirely, not just, right. you know what I mean? But if you find slowdowns in your, your text and you're wondering why. This is why. This is why. Right. Yeah. It's because you've got a B verb or one of these other issues, which. Um, one, if it, I think it, I think it kind of tangentially connects to over-adverbing. Yes, over adverping another big, big problem we see in a lot of a lot of unfinished manuscripts, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's one of those ones where you get what they're trying to do. Well, yeah, because it's well, what ends up happening is as you're visualizing <clears throat> the scene and you're writing it down, it's like you don't necessarily want to pick the, he- the the right verb or the spiciest verb or the best verb. And so you write, you know, it's okay, it's always okay to write whatever you want, but it's 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 okay to write ran, you know, ran quickly when you're writing your first draft, right? Because right. you know, it's like he's running, how's he running? He's writing fucking quickly, right? Right. Versus, but when you re-edit that... That better say sprinted. It better say sprinted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, he sprinted. You know what I mean? You know, the the, the one... um the one kind of occasion where I do see a, I, I do see a lot of people cheating that rule, and I, I don't really, I mean, again, rough rules, but, um, I see that cheated a little bit is with dialogue takes occasionally just for speed. Right. It's sometimes okay just to throw it in. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, yeah. To modify like said. Yeah, said on occasion, but don't do that with every. No. No, but it, it may be better than using a Wios. Explain a Wios. A Wios, word instead of said. W-I-O-S. Mm. Uh, Wios, everybody. Okay. Um, this is a thing that slows down your dialogue. And it's one of those, it was a mistake that I was absolutely guilty of. Yes. Um, it was initially played by my editor. Because you think as you're writing that the word said is boring. Much like we were talking about was. Yep. Right? Yeah, the, this is the flip rule though. This said is, is absolutely keep it. Said is keep it. Keep it. Because it's, people pass it. The only purpose there is for you to tag who is talking. Yes. And what they are, what they are saying is far more important than the verb you're using. And everybody skips by it. Right. And what ends up happening is, so it, there's, um, there's a thing I some, sometimes when we're doing crit- critique groups, I talk about the weight on the page. Right. And I know it's probably a weird way and there's like some literary professor who's like, this guy's an idiot. But, 
No, 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 it makes sense. Though. Yeah, it is the weight on the page, and it's like it's what the, what draws the reader's attention and what draws their mind. So whenever there's dialogue involved, though, like character speaking, particularly character speaking while they're doing something, is like the most heavy weighted, you know, action that's that's taking place. And then if you put something like overly dramatic that he's doing, how he said it, announced, he announced it. It's right. like now what happens is it tricks the mind, right? Right. Because you're you're picturing this thing happening, you're listening to it, and then now all of a sudden it's like a Senate address. And you're right. like you're not it's like talking to his wife right. about so something it, like unless unless he is actually doing an announcement. Yeah, unless there's like a crowd. Right. Yeah, like I have a dream. That's an announcement. Honey, I'm home and she's lying dead is not an announcement. But even even the word like replied is unnecessary. Why you don't need it. You don't need it. You need said. Because well, Clearly, it's a reply. You just had the dialogue that he's replying to, and if you didn't, why not? Well, that's the other thing. And and on top of that, um, one thing you notice is like as you, people, you see a finely tuned, finely crafted, heavily edited, um, kind of hammered manuscript. When you see even sometimes said taken out, right? Right, because we know who's talking. Right, it's yeah, so it well crafted. Yeah, the line by line. Yeah, it's yeah. so well crafted. There's no questions, right? You know what's happening, right? And that's when you know. And that's extremely hard, 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 hard to do. That's when someone's put in both a lot of initial effort, but then surprisingly a lot of editing. That to me happens in editing. At least it does. It does for me right. whenever I see that. There's a lot of issues with voice to do with that, right? If you can give a character a very strong voice. Sure then you don't necessarily need to tag everything he says right mm-hmm. if he's had. Well, the most of the times that I see that are when it's just two people talking because it's a lot easier to alternate the dialogue that way. Well, right, right, right. We're asking questions. And the, I did hear a piece of advice, and it was on a panel. I was at uh, Emerald City Comic Con. It was a fine gentleman was up there. They're, they're, they're talking. I wish you could remember his name. Now I'm attributing it to you here publicly. Whoever you, it, whoever you are. Whoever you are. Not my own. Not my own idea or my own realization, probably a realization across the board. But he said this, biggest pet peeve for him in dialogue is when people say the other person's name in dialogue because you don't do that on every line. I don't say, how are you doing today, Frog? And you don't say back, okay, oh, oh, I'm, good. I'm good, I'm good, Grant. Well. Yeah, nobody does that. And I didn't realize, I went into my manuscript and I, I was chock full of that. And why was <laughs> it chock full of that? Because I, it's again, authorial anchor. Right. right. It's like I put that in there so I know who's talking. So when I'm editing and I don't have set in there, it like allows me to edit around it and not try to because I don't know how you edit. My editing process is like a butcher's block. Oh, yeah. Of like cut, paste, remove, add, put stuff in. And if you sometimes you don't have those anchors in there. Like, who the fuck just said this, right? You know, like, what, what, where does this, now I've got floating, you know, floating well, yeah, dialogue. I, 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 my editing process is a little bit different simply because I co-write with my wife, and so we take apart each other's. Oh, do you chapter. guys cross that then? Do yeah, you guys yeah, yeah. give each other? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And so it's it's just a pair of fresh eyes. One last little thing, I know we're kind of running out of time on this one, but I want to talk about the Darwinian sentence. Oh, please do. Because there is a, a school of creative writing majors. <laughs> like, there's this one school. Right. Just who, the one. Who, who have decided that there is an art to crafting a massive sentence. Oh, just, oh, yeah. Well, is it, well, that's writing well, of course. Right. And, and they, they really believe that. The more clauses. The more clauses, the more carefully constructed. And these people will defend these sentences to the death because they are grammatically correct. Oh, yeah. Right. These are, no, 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 it's grammatically correct. See, I can, I can draw for you the sentence diagram. And it is. It's totally grammatically correct. But that doesn't mean that a reader who is coming across this sentence isn't going to have to read it three or four times to figure out what the fuck is going on. Well, that's almost a different genre. That's almost literary. Right. And I absolutely hold that literary is a genre. Literary is a genre, but literary, if you're just writing literary to write literary, then it's, it's not good. It's just, your ego playing on the page, Boy, it sucks. The could yeah. versus should have. But uh, those sentences, I do come at... One, what the problem with the sentences, too, is they're so carefully crafted in the initial creation. Try getting some, trying to edit that. Right. And they won't do it. Oh, it's gold, right? It's, that that's me, their, the sentence took me 35 minutes to write. Right. And so don't take 35 minutes to write a sentence. That's a good rule of thumb. If if you find yourself trying to carefully balance that kind of a sentence, it needs to be multiple sentences. Yep, absolutely. 
All right, we will be back here in just a few moments. We're going to have some unsponsored, sponsored words, and then we will be back with our next segment. Stick around. You want bacon on that? Oh, my God, I really, really like bacon, but I'm against gluten because it's, like, bad for the environment and stuff. Have you ever been stuck in this situation? Is your love of bacon interfering with your gluten-free lifestyle choice? Never fear, for Earth Pig is the product for you. All of our bacon is guaranteed to be 100% gluten-free. You know it's true, because I can pay more for it. Try Earth Pig gluten-free bacon from Three Unwise Men. Available at your local food co-op. You're here with Three Unwise Men with Grant, Frog, and Cheeseburger Guy. Right now, we have on the horn with us Christy Cherish, author, and she's here to try and endure the interviews that we're here to talk about. So, uh, Christy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so, first off, I already know one of you from the convention circuit up in the Northwest, which is Grant. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a scientist turned writer. I uh, just had, um, beating the odds, shockingly, with a science background, I um, my first debut novel, Urban Fantasy, Owl in the Japanese Circus, uh, just came out in January. And um, I've got the sequel coming out this October. Um, and then I've got another series, which Random House signed me on for, Random House Canada, uh, Kincaid Strange, also um, Urban Fantasy. So I've... I've Got about five books coming out in the next little while, which which is interesting. And um, yeah, so Owl in the Japanese Circus is very much Indiana Jones urban fantasy style adventure. Fantastic. <laughs> if I recall, sorry, that was good. I, that was the minute I went to talk to you, I actually had to cough. That's like the it worst. was amazing. Was it? I went to like talk, and I was sitting here being polite so that like you would be the first person to talk. To say, yeah, it's because like, you're the one who actually knows. Oh, Christy, I know like, from I remember, yeah, because we met I, at Norwestcon, and so I'm sitting here being polite, well, and I'm waiting, and the moment is here, and now you're hacking up a lot. Like the big Grant, you blew it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I had one job. I had one job. One. Job One to job to do. Was to segue. To segue. I can't even do that. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. There's my segue. But yeah, no, Grant, Grant and I actually met at NorwestCon. We did. The very first year that either of us went. Yeah. It was like the inaugural run for everybody. Yeah, so, it's like, I so, want to be a writer, and hey, we're all trying to be writers. Let's let's hang out and have a beer. So have you been at NorwestCon like the last two years? I went last year. I didn't go the year before, but I was just there. Mm. They had me on panels. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. You were, a, you yeah. were, and I, I heard great thing about your panels. I oh, don't that's know, good. I don't actually know what those specifics are, but I'm just going to say that I heard amazing things about your panels just, just because. I'm just, I'm just wondering how we didn't actually intersect because I was doing panels at NorwestCon that year. Yeah. You guys what were all doing panels. Do? Uh, two years ago, I did 2014 NorwestCon. I'm not going to be able to remember my panels. I've been on okay, see, I five cons since then. <laughs> I, I, I want to know exactly what your panels were and when they were, actually. That would be <laughs> really, To the minute. Yeah. To the minute, yeah. Let's, let me go back. I could probably pull it up on my email and see my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we met. Uh, we actually met. Did we not meet? In the, I, feel, I feel like we, we met in the hall. Like we on did. that one, yeah. What the hell is with you in the halls of Norwestcon? <laughs> I I meet a lot of people in the halls. I'm That's like a, a hall. I'm like a hall stalker. Well, I think I think there was a panel we were at. Yes. And I remember, I think there. I have. I I want to say that there was some odd conversations going on in the audience. Yeah. That went a little weird. Was it the Thor and Loki panel I, that went? I think you're right. I'm now recalling I, this through the fog of my memory. Yeah. 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 I, I think there, there, so there was this, um, th- this was right after, I guess, the first Thor movie or whatever came out. Mm. And there, the panel went a little weird because one of the panelists was just, um, she, she started going on and on about Loki and, um, Tom Hiddleston. I've probably butchered that name. I, I oh, usually do. Yeah. But, Hiddleston? Well, yeah. he's been yeah, on, he's have, actually been know. on our podcast and we'll let him know. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're that big. That's so. coming up next week. Yeah, next week is Tom. He's here. <laughs> Just to correct your pronunciation. Yeah. That's, I, this has been an issue. Thanks, Grant. We're going to get sued now. We are. We are absolutely going to get sued. <laughs> we are. Five minutes into our first interview, and you've already got me prepping legal briefs. Yeah, Thanks. That's why, Thanks why, for that. Why do you think I brought you, you on? son of a bitch. <laughs> now, now I know why I'm part of this project. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bring in the lawyer. Um, <laughs> but it, it got weird. So this panelist kept going on and on and on, and we're just sitting there. Like, we're 
I, I guess there were a bunch of us new writers in the audience who were like, why, how, how did this panel get so uncomfortable and so weird mm-hmm. so quickly? And I think that's, I think we sort of made eye contact because we were maybe looking around for other people who maybe had their heads looking around thinking, this is weird, you know, or, or is anyone else uncomfortable <laughs> with this whole discussion now too? Shared and, awkwardness and- <laughs> is amazing. Shared awkwardness is a fantastic icebreaker. Oh, so, I, so I was at a panel in, at Radcon this February. Yeah. And it was a fan fiction panel wherein one of the panelists decided the entire panel should be about Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, why wouldn't it be, ultimately? And just started, like, verbally masturbating in front of, like, the teenage girls that were there to talk about their Harry Potter fanfic. It was yeah. amazing. Wow. So I, I can I can kind of empathize with your your um, your um Loki derailment there. I'm I, actually kind of... Is it is it alright that I'm mildly aroused by that story? That it's like... It's, <laughs> you wouldn't be if you saw the dude. Oh, really? No, I take it back. I, I withdraw my... Uh, yeah. yeah. That guy makes me look good. <laughs> <laughs> and since you're in my place, please, I only have so many towels. Yeah, exactly. That's, I'd appreciate that. But look, I mean, this carpet looks relatively and shaggy. I want, it, I want it to keep that. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> we are for This is, of course, absorbent. Yeah. Was what I was going to go for. You know, just so just, I'm a, we're gonna I'm gonna jump in with a really actually wild question here. Ooh. So we were that's way back then, two years ago. What three years ago now? And yeah, you, you've done a lot like that. since then. The question I have is what, I know even a mildly serious question actually, because we all grow as we like learn the trade, of course. What thing do you do now that you wish you had actually been doing back then? Um, I, I think maybe being more, I, on, on one hand, you know, part of me kind of wants to say social media and I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't need to be doing any more social media. Um, I think. I think time, I think just slotting my time into, um, like working, working more in the mornings and evenings and really trying to fit in the writing time. Yeah. I wish I do that now. Um, I'm, I'm quite militant about it, but, um, cause otherwise social media and all these other things like start sucking your time away and then you realize you haven't worked on your manuscript in two days and it's not good. Um, so I'm really, really careful about that now. And I wish I had been writing more earlier because I probably would have had more because then I would have had more stuff on the back burner and now it's it's like that once and I was told this once you have a book out that free time that you don't realize you have is gone Mm -hmm. and it's called social media and it's a time sink and it's somewhat evil Oh, it's unbelievable. Well, that's something I've noticed. I've sat down. And the problem is, I mean, like, real, real briefly, let's talk about Facebook. And what I mean, mean, mean by that is, it used to be like a means to actually communicate with your friends and see what's mm-hmm. going on in their like life. Absolutely yeah. not, 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 not that anymore. If anyone tells me that's that's the case, I, I will play. No, it's there for advertisements. Yeah, it's pictures. absolutely a yeah. Nerf gun fight. But what what is the main thing is the irony about Facebook to me is that it's come back to like the function it used to have that I used to mock, which was Messenger. I was like, this is a stu- why would I possibly need Messenger when I have friends' walls to look at? Little did I know back then in my innocence that my ability to actually see what friends were posting on their wall would be removed in lieu of a Gillette ad. And that actually Messenger is now the only sole reason I actually have Facebook. Yep. I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've often wondered about the actual usefulness of social media in terms of, you know, marketing a book. Because they, yeah. there are like two schools of thought of this, and one of them is that it's totally worthless, and one of them is that it's absolutely necessary. There's no middle ground. Too. There isn't. No, no, no. There are yeah. people. There are people who who take those sides and just defend them to the last. Oh yeah. Here's here's probably the most. Oh, I'll get in trouble for any advice I give because every author always gets in trouble for advice sure. they give. Well, that's why, uh, look, that's but, why we're but, having you on to give the advice yeah, because then we, we're not taking the flat, right? Yeah. This is we're just using you as a meat shield here. Yeah, Christy. we are. We're like we're gonna put you yeah. up front. We'll put you but, up front. <laughs> but uh, but the one thing I found is that regardless of. Everybody always wants to say that, oh, well, social media is going to get your book noticed. You've got to be on social media. If people are interested, the, the, the sorry truth of it is, if people are interested and like the sound of your book, mm-hmm. read it and like it, they're going to tell their friends about it. Um, or they're mm-hmm. going to say something at the library or on Goodreads or they're going to tell people. No amount of advertising in the world is going to get people to read, pick up, or look at a book that doesn't catch their interest. And I think that's maybe where people get confused on social media is that, oh, well, I just need to have more pictures of my book up there. Yeah. And no, it's, it's doesn't matter if you, 
if people want to read it, they're, they're going to read it. And it's great to have a little bit of social media and a little bit of engagement out there, but there's more is not necessarily going to be better. It's well, yeah. People, people will read what they want. You can't tell people what to read. And the problem with advertising is that truly you have to judge a book by its cover when you're posting it in those mediums, you know, trying to advertise it on Facebook or what have you. The, the reason that social media is important for authors is because people will talk about it through social media, whether it's with friends or otherwise. And that's how you get that, that bloom effect going. Well, it's only, I mean, social media in, in that respect is only as good as word of mouth. I mean, exactly. it's really, it's right, just right, a right, medium right. for which, which is exactly what you're saying, Chris. It's just a medium to pass on because I, I mean, at no point have I been like scrolling through my feed where, I mean, admittedly, I have a feed full of authors. And I'm like reading, I'm like, oh, people are posting what they're, 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 they're doing. That lures me to it, sure. But never on the side have I seen an ad for anything and been like, oh, wait a second. Thank God I went here for this. You right, know what yeah, I mean? Right. Yeah. No, no, no Facebook ad has ever gotten me. No. There. Have you ever purchased anything? Has, has, has anybody? I mean, I'm actually curious. Has anybody ever purchased anything based on the ad? I, I can't. No, I don't think so. Have I you think... talked to anybody who has? This is a question for the listeners out there. Hey, listeners out there in podcast land. All three of them. If you yeah. have, if you All have ever, I you. choose to imagine a legion. Um, yes, a legion. And if so, if there's only one person out there, sorry, you're possessed by the demons, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Um, you know, if, you, if you've ever purchased something from Facebook, let us know. I'd love to know. I'd be curious. Why? And what, yeah. <laughs> What what it was, why, and how? You know what? We're gonna get analytics that Facebook doesn't get. I'll do this. Oh uh, yeah, right. And sued by Facebook. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's I mean, lawsuit number two, right? Check yeah, it out. we're joking. Facebook, we love you. You're at their number one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want five of them. I, I, yeah. I sort of, I'm kind of wondering. Do you guys have the same thing when you look at Facebook ads, where it's just and actually any kind of advertisement in social media, when I have somebody try and friend me or somebody says, hey, like my page, and I look at it, and it's just advertisements, oh, it actively yeah. turns me okay. off. Same with Twitter as well. Like, I'll get oh. somebody who will follow me, and it's like, I'll look through, and it's just either tweeting other people's ads or, or tweeting their own ads, and it's just oh, the, like... the author I, that does nothing but tweet their own book, I want to choke. Oh, yeah. I want to die. Well, because it's so transparent of why you're on Facebook. Right. And it, there's no actual meaning behind And it's one of my pet... You've, you've tingled at a pet peeve, and I, I promised I was never going to be actually serious on this show, and so I'm going to maintain <laughs> not being particularly serious. But you have, you have tickled at one of my overall pet peeves, and that is reposters. When if when it is like you, if you can describe yourself solely through what you repost, I can imagine a more limiting cage than to be like describing everything based on it. But that's just me. I mean, well, look, it's it's very hard to be an original person. That's you true. just hit the repost <laughs> button. <laughs> No, See what an individual I am? I'm sharing this thing that I saw somewhere else. And you know what's funny is people actually have that mindset like, oh yeah, oh man, if I post this to my wall. I think it's for the likes though, isn't it? Right, well, it's for the likes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I like the likes. Who here doesn't like the likes? Right. It's just a, it's but, an electronic feel good. Yeah, but you also, you try and, I don't know, like, you try and actually post stuff that is interesting and you or might matters. actually want to re, or batters, you know? Yeah. It's, I, do you, the other one too is, um, that gets me, and, and this is on Twitter, and it's when I'll see somebody who follows me or, or pings me or something, and I actually have the reverse now. You know with the Twitter followers, where people have like 100,000 or 50,000 yeah, yeah. Twitter followers? Mm-hmm. Right. The more Twitter Twitter followers I see, the more skeptical I get. I'm so <laughs> way more likely to follow somebody yeah. who's got like 500. It's like, oh, you're a real person. Cool. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a weird Twitter. I was talking to someone, you know, and I'm, it's, and if you happen to be out there and you remember who you were and you told me this, then, then please let me know because I forgot now. But the, I was talking to someone about it and they were experiencing, it was an author and they were experiencing this weird experience where they would, someone would follow them or they would, then they would refollow them to be polite. Right. And then that person would not follow them, like unfollow them. Yeah. Just so they could like, like, it was like luring them in to being followed. <laughs> it was like this very weird, like, and it was happening to them a lot. Like, it was this very strange, like. That's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, it was yeah. like, I don't know what that, like, what does that mean? Like, what I don't is, know, is there a term for that? Uh, there must, is there like, must be like a term of art for that. There's like, yeah, but what's the, to me, what's the purpose? Like, what's somebody, the. Somebody, somebody look on Google. Oh, somebody yeah. Somebody open up Google. Here we go. 
There's got to be there's got to be a term because I I've seen that too. Yeah, and it's like I've had that happen to me where somebody looks really interesting. I'm like, oh okay, I'll follow you, and then I just for whatever reason I'm I'm going to treat them, and it's like you unfollowed me after following me last week, and you start seeing this thing. I think it's so that the followers that they have will outweigh how many people they're following. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there like this? I, I wonder if there's this like insecurity on like. I followed 52k people, but I only have 51k followers. I'm like failing. Like I have a 40, what, eight, nine percent at well, life. Is that what it let's is? Let's look well, at does, that. Does Twitter the... cap the number of things you can follow? Like, no, I have no idea. Yeah. Let's well, let's look at that at the inverse too. Would you be equally uncomfortable with somebody who has uh, 50, 100 followers, but is following like 20,000 people? Would you be as uncomfortable that way as well? No, that's just a person who's just overloaded their feed. Like, well, and yeah. that's yeah. it, right? And there, uh, and nobody, how and, much information and a person ingest. that nobody likes. Yeah, well, <laughs> no one's following him. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I guess, I guess my problem with him is, is that like, why are people following him? This is, this is, this guy's the ultimate basement dweller. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. This guy has like twenty monitors up on front of him all day. He's down in the basement. I wish and I all he's 20. doing is watching Twitter. <laughs> yeah, probably twenty monitors. It wouldn't be Twitter. <laughs> well, I don't know. Not all Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you have, that is not a goal to shoot for. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, that's if you if you have twenty monitors, you're like controlling the like rover on Mars. That's right. my argument. Right. That's my argument. That's right. I, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I guess that could be cool. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's good. That's a good goal. Right. Which actually brings me to another question. As you are a scientist uh, officially, like you have like a degree and stuff, right? I have a PhD. Look at that. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, beyond anything, she's she's mildly slumming it with us here today. So not, not yeah. only is she yeah. more successful than us, I and, am not. Oh, and and, no. and she is also more educated than us. And what she's in the prettier hell are you doing on this show? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we brought her on first. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, we set the bench high. We did. Yeah. yeah like, just to, <laughs> it's, it's only going to go down from here. No. <laughs> But as the scientist- and next week, either Tom Hedleston or a complete landslide. <laughs> <We're not sure. laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. No, but as a scientist, would you live on Mars? I don't know why the scientist has anything to do with the second part of that question. I like purposely put that in. I really like questions that have nothing to do with the first part. Right, right, right. No, that was good. So as a baker, would you? <laughs> I think I think the first question you have to ask, you have to ask yourself if you're considering oh, I I living do. on Mars. I have. Is that is there a space bar and how much mm. does it resemble the one mm. in you know is it more of the Star Trek one or is it more of the Star Wars you know Cantina one? I think it's a very important question. Or is it like something out of Mass Effect? You know, Ooh. if it was something like out of Mass Effect, you bet I'd be in there. But well, I sure. I have this yeah. suspicion that. It's, I don't know. The problem with the, the problem with the Mass Effect bar is that at any point in time, some asshole's going to pull out a gun and start shooting. Yeah, like, yeah. that bar is not safe. It's like, yeah. And if if it is safe, it's because it's on the Citadel, and that means it's not safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at no point is that know, bar safe. But 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 if you're going to Mars, you've got to kind of want to have that adventure bit. And I I think Mass Effect would be a good immersive adventure to be in. Like, I mean, you're sort of acknowledging that yes, it's dangerous, but. It's also a bit like Space Cowboys, which is yeah, kind of awesome. Who doesn't want to live in Space Cowboys? Well, here's my here's my thing with it, though. Um, and, and I thought long and hard about this because, of course, they all contacted me and they said, Hey, Grant, we need you there. You're going to spearhead this thing. And I said... But he came and he did a podcast with me instead. I, I did. I did. I thought... I said, I can't... Frog this is me. more important. This this is my legacy far more than spearheading the the whatever like living on Mars bit. So whatever that project is. Yeah, that whatever that project is, what Mars one or whatever. But the point I'm trying to make here is I thought about this long and hard for at least fifteen seconds. And Ooh. um yeah, that's a long time for <laughs> that, that's that's deep thought. That this is, is that is ponderous. Yeah, it is. And what I thought of it with this was after you're initially like, Yay, I'm on Mars. Now what? You're just like now you're just like I'm dirty and like well, yeah, I'm I mean, on Mars. The initial colonization, like you're it's basically two days of celebration followed by the rest of your life in a box. Oh yeah. 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 That's <laughs> yeah. like anything. Yeah. And also you're not going back. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No no no. There you're not getting out of that gravity well. No. Yeah. Build your own damn rocket. They're Go. not gonna have the technology Inside to bring a box. you back. 
They're not going to be able to bring you back in your lifetime because all they're concerned about is getting people out there. So either the technology is going to be developed on site with materials that they ship along with other people to Mars or some cataclysm happens and you just happen to get teleported back to Earth, which you know might be a cool story. I'd be teleported. No, I, I think that the first people on Mars are going to be just the really ultimate doomsday preppers. Yeah. <laughs> right? These are going to be the people so that... So Montana moves to Mars? Montana, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the, the free men on the land, they're going to yeah, be on Mars. On Mars. Because they think the world's going to end, and so they're just going to go to a different world. These are the people we can sell on this. That's right? true. Screw scientists, screw astronauts, screw people with any level of intelligence or at all. Let's ship out the doomsday preppers. And watch. Watch what happens. They go to Mars... <laughs> Earth gets hit by an asteroid, and they're just and they're like, just, we told you. Yeah, we told yeah, yeah. You. yeah. Yeah, where were you? They're, they're up on Mars just crotch-chopping their way in the general direction <laughs> of Earth. <laughs> so you wouldn't go on Mars, Christy? I, I, well, no, I'll, I'll go to Mars when they've got the space cantina up, because okay. I, I think that would be cool. Priorities. And, you know, you've, you've right. got the priorities. You know, well, but, the, uh, the existence of a space cantina does, in fact, imply a certain level of infrastructure on Mars. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I mean, it's it's more than simply the existence of the cantina, cantina itself. You're talking about where does the booze come from? Are they making <laughs> yes. the booze? Who's, you know, you've got someone who's employed as a cocktail waitress, yep. which means you've There's... got enough living space for cocktail waitresses. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and at that point, you've got to have enough of a population that the you know it's no longer an issue of there are seven people locked in one tin can with you and you probably all want to kill each other mm-hmm. and maybe even attempt it at the end of the first year oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, you know well those airlocks they're they're untrustworthy <laughs> yeah. although i got i gotta say as far as locked door mysteries go oh god oh <laughs> clue in space yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i mean yeah. the the mars colony where there is only one room yeah who that, did it that's that it's, is the ultimate locked door mystery. It's always the quiet person, right? Yeah. yeah. So me in this case, yeah, I, oh, exactly. Awesome. So, uh, Christy, I wanted to rein us around to your book since we're already at twenty-two minutes. Awesome, Ooh, nice. Um, so I was looking over slack off the rest of the segment. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> Thanks for carrying this entire episode for us. We appreciate it. <laughs> so, Kincaid Strange. Yes. About a Seattle voodoo practitioner who rooms with the ghost of a late grunge rock star. Yes. I'm intrigued. Tell us. Tell us about that. Uh, that's, that's my second series. So, um, that was the one Random House Canada picked up and, um, it, it was great. So the editor, um, Ann Collins, uh, who's like, big, well, she's quite, she's quite big in Canada. She edits Kelly Armstrong, who's like another huge urban fantasy author up here. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, I think her exact words were she picked up the book and she did not want to like it. She had no intention of buying or, you know, liking a book with voodoo, with a voodoo practitioner and Seattle grunge rockers in it. And then she ended up buying it. So that was kind of <laughs> awesome, you know. You won um, her over. I won her over. Yeah. Despite, despite the odds. Uh, so it's, it's urban fantasy. I grew up. So I, I grew up in BC and there's that sort of grungy, um, you know, that grunge rock element that I sure. went to high school with. And so, yeah, Kincaid is a, um, she's a voodoo practitioner and, um, she talks to ghosts and, uh, raises zombies for a living. And, uh, raises or races? Raises. No, okay. races would be a different, co- race, Actually, races is yeah. more of like, that, that's more of a video game. It could be. You know, you're racing the zombies and trying not to get, bitten while you know you're uh you know while uh you reach the finish line it's like it's like the bunny it actually is a board game (laughs) wouldn't surprise (laughs) me it's it's grand theft zombies well kind of yeah (laughs) sorry we were interrupting of course as we do sorry go ahead no i'm I'm liking this idea of grand theft zombies yeah grand theft zombies is is (laughs) we're trademarking you heard it it here first yeah yeah it's trademark star you gotta pay us (laughs) <laughs> that's gonna pay for our other lawsuits right yeah. <laughs> right right yeah it's it's <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's a bit of a murder mystery she's she's sort of down on her luck because she gets kicked out of um she's originally a consultant for the police so they bring her mm-hmm. in to raise zombies and talk to ghosts when somebody gets murdered and uh then they are no longer allowed to um hire practitioners and hire hire voodoo practitioners so she gets fired which sucks and um she ends up getting roped into a murder mystery that she has to solve uh when a stray zombie walks into a bar that she uh, frequents frequently and um she ends up 
she's got to find out who raised this zombie, how he died, and what's going on. And meanwhile, she's got to do it before the cops blame her for it and before the actual killer manages to get her. Um, and, of course, there's her roommate, Nate Cade, who is fun and um, who is... You know, everything that, um, all the awesome stuff that I remember from grunge rock in high school. Oh, yeah. I kind of threw into Nathan Cade. So he's, he's sort of my favorite. But yeah. So that's the book. It comes out next May. So May 2016. That is awesome. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, trailing on that a little bit, uh, and pulling on your education in biochemistry, um, I'd like to talk a bit about the recently leaked information <laughs> about second, while I get over that. a secret project. <laughs> I love that. I love the cheeseburger guy over here has been like, Oh, we're at 22 minutes. We're already over. And yeah. We're going to have you tell us we're almost done. And now, and now talking about your experience in biochemistry, like, well, could, not, could you read your thesis uh, for me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, no, I think, I think this is a fairly, fairly it's important a good question. It's a good question. Uh, it's not, a final thought. Oh, in okay. fact, really, yeah. if you think about it, it's the final thought of yeah. the night. All right. Yeah, so, you know, pulling on that, uh, you know, your education, there was recently some information that came out. Uh, I actually found it on Reddit a couple days ago. It was about a super secret project. It was called named, uh, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really so serious. For you, if you were to mix dino DNA and present day mammalian DNA to create a super creature, what would you mix? Yeah. Oh, that's- what would I mix? Well, it's got to fly first off. I think. I think. Mm, I fair think enough. For sure. For sure. Mm. You got to have something flying. And you can get that from the dinosaur side, though. You could totally get that from the dinosaurs. And I'm thinking, you know, I I'm really trying to think on the marketability here. And what's more marketable than cats? Really, <laughs> oh. cats on the internet. <laughs> that's true. So. Let's go with, you know, uh, cat and pterodactyl. So not only is it cute and gift friendly and you know people are going to share your, uh, well, you yeah. know, your GMO product, yeah. but it's <laughs> gift friendly. I like how that's the concern here with it's, it's got great potential for memes. This, right, this yeah. animal has got right, well, right, right. Gifts no, are right. so yesteryear. You got to go with like the flash fi- or the HTML5 and the gift. Oh, yeah. Fees. Or the right. vine. The yeah. vine. The oh, vine yeah. video. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a vine. It's a vine possible mixture go ahead sorry go carry on with your fantastic creation yeah yeah so you know it's it's a flying pterodactyl cat that people are going to want and then i'm going to make tons of money off of it because it's a flying cat mm-hmm. and then maybe the uh, hummingbird who keeps buzzing my balcony out here um and trying to lure my cats out maybe you know my cats will actually stand a chance Oh, fair Ooh, enough. Yeah, that hummingbird. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. We just Arm pissed breaks. off a whole, like, every bird lover out there. Like, yeah. screw hummingbirds. Yeah, like, my, my favorite bird. We're about coming this. down, ladies and gentlemen, the three unwise men are coming down anti hummingbird. We are. At- <laughs> I love hummingbirds. No, no, no. I love hummingbirds. But you have to understand that my cat, evolutionarily speaking, is not exactly a prize. Like, I mean, I really don't think <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was prepared for, like, trained well, I was going to ask you, no. I was like, because you were like, oh, because then my cat will stand a chance. And I'm like picturing a hummingbird. I was like, what cat doesn't stand a chance against a hummingbird? It's like 0.4 ounces. Oh, trust me. The hummingbirds are so much smarter. Than your cat? By far. By far. So domestication like has a cost, in, right? And, oh, yeah. They'll buzz in. They sort of take a look. They make some chirping noises. And then they take off. And the cats are, like, running towards the door, and they're just looking. And I'm like, I'm waiting for the day when one of them tries to leap off the balcony. I think that's what the hummingbirds are actually trying to do, is they're trying to lure the cats off the balcony. You're like the lemming cats. Yeah. yeah. Circle yeah. of life. So, yeah. uh, so what we're saying here, I'm just yeah, making sure that we bring get it our, together for our, us our here, show form bring it together, together for us. a little yeah. bit. Because, uh, you know, first episode, we're feeling things out a little bit. Go ahead yeah. and summarize um, it. What we did this interview was mm-hmm. we talked about how we don't like how social media is being taken over by... Uh, advertisements for books and cat pictures. So we and then we made sure that we got an advertisement for your <laughs> book and it finished with a cat picture. Yeah. We, we decided that we hate this thing. We spent the first half, we hate it, and we brought it around to it's the quintessential part. So there's, there's your daily dose of hypocrisy brought to you by the three on one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Christy, thank you so much for joining us today. That was, uh, an absolutely awesome interview. Uh, you were the most relaxed person we've interviewed so far. It's true. It's yeah. true. You were. Also yeah. the most talented. I'm, I, I'm the first person <laughs> so far. 
So, yeah, you are. So we're we're setting the bar high. Awesome. Yeah, as you were. Yeah, we are. We are going to be very challenged moving forward. We won't tell. But that but to next you. week, Tom Hiddleston may or may not be clear. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> we really can't confirm. Lawsuit, don't you? Uh, I, well, actually, we're already there. In for a penny, in for a pound. That's what I said. <laughs> we'll go if, if, you know what's going to happen? He's actually going to come on. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 We're going to get popular enough to where he's going to be like, "Look, I thought I was." I thought I had an in with you guys. Yeah. You guys talked about me the whole interview. Right. Yeah. But then we're going to find out that he likes hummingbirds. Yeah. That's like the end. Uh, that's it. Well, right. look, he's used to playing villains. <laughs> it's, it's true. All right. We'll be coming back here in just a few moments after a few quick commercial breaks. Uh, thanks again to Christy Cherish. If you want to find her, you can find her at www.christycherish.com. On the next episode of Three Unwise Men. Well, no, probably not. But why? Why are we on lumberjacks? Like they're the culinary fucking experts. <laughs> they're, they're who I get all of my advice from.